0: Andrew Bittner good to see you it's good to be here thank you for having me thanks so much for coming on the show
1: been a fan quietly and not so quietly (laughs) and uh, excited to actually have made my way out here and and be in LA and be
0: in the same space it's wonderful honored by that and likewise have been a massive fan and People around the planet are, they know deep in their hearts that the transition to clean energy infrastructures is at the core. It's at nearly this equivalent level of consciousness. Like we need to both handle this inner kingdom of our awareness and also handle this exterior kingdom of the planet and making it renewable sustainable prosperous abundant people know it that's at the key it's kind of fun to be able to be in
1: the renewable space right now because it is so connected to all of the other uh, awakenings that seem to be happening and as people are starting to advance and and see the value in long-term type of decision making and sustainability and uh, we're certainly riding that wave uh, it was kind of an uphill battle originally when we started into this field, and now uh, the winds are blowing in the right direction, and we couldn't be more excited to have as much support uh, in the industry as we have, And but I think also those those winds blowing against us for years really sharpened us up uh, to be able to be as skilled as we are today, and so uh, it's it's fun to be in this industry right now.
0: That's great to play right on that point. So how did Andy Bittner get excited about clean energy and abundance? What was the journey like that led you to where you're at?
1: You know, originally I graduated with a broadcast degree from Ohio University. And I wanted to tell the story of the everyday person. I wanted to be the one that could interpret that uh, that mission that someone had and be able to share that dream in, in the broadcast world. And the broadcast world just didn't connect with my heart as I got into it and I had a great internship at Ohio university it has an unbelievable uh, journalism program as all the Bobcats out there know. And I found my way with what I learned in that to tell the story of the average person and, help them find sustainability and be able to share their mission. Um, and that happened through energy for me and it was kind of a a slow but steady process, but I finally made it through and be happy to kind of share with you some, some of the more details, uh, of how it, how it all got there, but it was kind of a, uh, a winding road and a lot of rivers that turned back and forth on each other.
0: What was one of the core, eureka moments for you where you felt like it was for sure not only focusing on energy systems and upgrading them around the planet towards sustainability and abundance but also that you knew that there was a different unique angle on it which we'll explore as we talk about guaranteed clean energy but it is it's not your classic approach to this it's it's basically the most macro level most pattern recognition approach to how to best implement right. this at municipalities and schools yeah so sustainability i think is really what
1: that eureka moment was for me and It actually happened, a gentleman came into my life, I was on vacation and I was currently at the time I owned an LED lighting company because that was the most transformative, fastest payback uh, result in clean energy that existed a decade ago. And so I was right in the thick of it. And to this day, I think my grandmother still believes that I invented the LED light bulb. Um, And thank you, grandma, I love you. The reality is that some amazing scientists in the 1960s invented the LED light bulb and and we were just there at the time when it made the most financial sense to be able to make the conversion.
0: And Uh, let's play on this point for just a moment because I think it's so easy for people to understand this point. So one of the components of transitioning from older energy infrastructures to newer energy infrastructures is you look at all these different variables that are in the equation, and one of them is lighting.
1: One of them is lighting, and it's a major system that uh, is part of a larger system. As you look at how a building or a school district or a municipality uh, consumes energy, Uh, lighting and HVAC make up those two major systems. And so... I was deeply entrenched in in lighting for a large part of my early career and got an opportunity to understand how utility bills functioned, how lighting as a system uh, affected a utility bill, and how lighting as a system also affected all of the other systems. And uh, we actually partnered with HVAC companies across the country to integrate LED because it was such a fast payback measure. it enabled CFOs, and other fiscally conservative members of a company to be able to get behind energy savings measures rather than seeing them as just a liability or just as an expensive asset that they had to throw into their books. They were able to confirm this uh, and convert this into real energy savings that they could measure. And that was the perfect gateway drug for me to start understanding Yes. energy as a system and and fully develop sustainability.
0: And so I gotta us, go back. Yes, and yeah. can you give us an price example? Because I think this is, again, a really cool relatable way to explain this is that the CFO is hearing Andy Bittner pitch about LED light upgrade to this clean, sustainable energy system. And so the CFO gets this proposal from you that shows that this is how much you're spending on the old energy, the old lighting infrastructure per month. And then you show by upgrading to the LED light infrastructure, you will spend this much less per month and save this much more over, you'll save even after maybe a year or two years, you'll have saved all of what you paid or something like that.
1: Yeah, when we started, I mean, the paybacks were four or five years and those have gradually now dropped to the two or three year return on investment. So for most places, that's a no brainer. That's an example of returning 30% per year on your mutual funds. You do that in a heartbeat. Uh, And so people were doing that in the LED business and and it made a lot of financial sense. Uh, But even though it was a no brainer, the unique thing for us as we were going through that process was that people were still hesitant to make the change because it was their first time going through that process. And even if somebody was delivering them a ridiculous payback that upgraded the environment of their buildings, uh, you know, made it cleaner and more efficient and, and you had a better workspace, it was still new. And so getting a chance early on in my career to understand how hard it was for people to break through and try something different in the energy space, even if they ultimately knew it was going to work financially was tremendous experience for where I sit today as the CEO of this advisory firm. That's one of the biggest breakthroughs in, in energy history. And, uh, it's so fun. (laughs) It's so fun to have started and, and seen those challenges, Myself personally, as I was going through manufacturing facilities and counting lights and seeing the backbone of America through warehouses and manufacturing facilities and places that had dark corners where you had hundreds of employees and you'd leave those places, not in a better energy place. But we one time finished a factory and the employees were crying with happiness because they felt like somebody cared about them because they weren't working in the dark anymore. And so I I got a chance to feel what it felt like to have clean energy also make a change for a person. And that experience was uh, incredibly empowering and and energizing uh, for me and for our teams as as we experienced that and and started to make little
0: differences in people's lives. Beautiful. So... There's two core things there that I feel are so just yummy. The first one is that there's this, it's a very macro level view. You like view the U S to start. So it will also be the planet, but you're viewing the U S and you called this like the backbone. There's all these warehouses. There's all these factories. There's all these buildings that are, that have HVAC, that have lighting, that have, um, some energy infrastructures that look like they're maybe 1970s, 1980s based infrastructures, Right. They are. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then there's all this cool 2020 stuff that exists. Yes. And so um, the game is to um, be able to package together the modern energy upgrades in ways that are um, convenient, affordable, uh, a no brainer for people to make right. the decision and transition to. And then you get all those awesome stories of where like someone's heart just begins gushing and yes. yeah. And that's like, yum. well,
1: yeah. yeah. In a decade ago, led lighting was really one of the very few things that had fast, that fast of a payback fast forward to all the in- innovation that we've had over the last decade. And, and now you're talking about upwards of seven or eight measures in a building that, can compete or exceed the expectations of what LED lighting can do today. And what are those? Let's go so through them. So let's talk about some of yes, them, right? Yes. Because smart sensors, I think, is the general way to uh, to talk about them as a whole and, and looking at things as a system. So if you think about a building from the 1970s, which is often the type of infrastructure we're addressing and working with our clients uh, as we specialize in working with school districts and municipalities and so these are buildings that were built on low bid construction uh, a long time ago or even if they were built last year they were built on low bid construction so there's a lot of opportunity Uh, but ultimately the challenge has been in the past these energy systems were not treated as systems they were treated as energy islands and so lighting was a light bulb a switch was a light switch uh, uh, an HVAC unit ran on or off the fan was on or off. Uh, your insulation was just slapped in when the building was built. Uh, and so there are a million different data points and focal points of an energy building that we're addressing. And now all of those things go from being islands to becoming connected systems. Cool. And so now a lighting system can talk to the thermostat and the thermostat can talk to the sensors. And you can see if there's people in that hallway in the school district, or if they're in that classroom or they're not there. Uh, and then you start to add on just the simple Mm. smart systems that now can talk to each other. And then you start adding on the layers of how can you talk to other data?
0: Okay. May I ask a quick question? So is this something like the, in 2020s, there's like a classroom. And if the classroom at the school or in a municipality, it's like the conference room, let's say. And that conference room at... 9 a.m. is going to have uh, a meeting in it. Right. That the air conditioning will only kick in at like 8:45 a.m. Uh, to cool the room. Right. Um, and then that kind of so this is like what the smart future looks like. And so it's only for when you know the humans are there that the heating or the air conditioning is going to be tuned exactly as it needs to be, based on like the calendar of the use of the room. Right. Stuff like this.
1: And to take it to a next level is now we can use predictive analytics to track the weather, and so even though your meeting may be at 8:45, if there's going to be a heat wave come in at 8:45, you don't want to be pulling in outside air at that time. Mm. It may be better <laughs> to actually heat it up an hour before. Okay, and, and one, so you're talking yes. to
0: all these other systems that can dramatically reduce the cost. Excellent. And then there's also when we've been having other people like Jim Williamson on the show, we've been talking about these nodal energy markets. And one of the other fascinating things is literally if the school or municipality has generators on site or um, for storage. Yes. Generators. Batteries. batteries capacitors, Capacitors. Yeah. Okay, cool. For storage. Batteries. Capacitors. And so when you have... Um, batteries or capacitors on site sometimes you want to pull from the grid or to pull from your clean energy systems from your solar or whatnot you want to um pull at certain times or have uh your because it's cheaper yes yeah then at the peak times like for example in la you don't want to use your uh, washing machine and dryer right. at noon because water is more expensive exactly. and electricity is more expensive. Yeah, So
1: it's the same exact thing for businesses and, and municipalities and school districts. And so one of the things that's happened with our energy market is that it's gotten smarter too. And so energy and electricity specifically runs on a commodities market. And that commodities price fluctuates throughout the day. And so you're literally talking about timing when you're pulling your power and communicating with the commodities market now to, to figure out, should we be pulling a bunch of power now or later? And you're able to graph and see all that information. And so uh, energy systems are now molding heavily with data systems. And it's incredibly complex, but it's also in- incredibly connected and simple once you have the right architecture and, and strategy in place. And that's really where our playground is. Uh, and in doing that, we've able to been able to dramatically lower the cost of installing these types of infrastructures uh, for our clients. And we're also doing it at such massive scale with the type of clients that we have that we're able to drastically reduce the cost of those units as well too, as we're doing across the country.
0: I love that. So now let's, take this from what um guaranteed clean energy has been doing so um was this around 2013 when was the initial um i think we
1: launched officially guaranteed clean energy in 2015 or 2016 okay cool
0: cool so about six years or so ago okay so six or so years ago um so there's this process of of both uh, surveying the, um, the new clean energy technologies that exist. So you have to know which, like there's these seven core variables that we were talking about. Right. And then there's all of the clean energy technologies that like fit into those variables. Right. To make the upgrades. And then there's the contractors, the contractors that are like local in LA or in the New York metro area or in Columbus or Miami or Seattle or whatever. Wherever the project is. Wherever the project is. And then, so there's, yeah, so there's all of those clean energy technologies. There's the contractors in the local areas. There's the schools and municipalities that sign on board to make these upgrades. Right and and then um and then it's and then there's there's this um let, let's just go through this real quick so the numbers there's a, about over a hundred or so that have been guaranteed clean energy has helped transition a hundred or so schools and municipalities right okay so and this is across the u s it's across the u s now cool, and so now this looks like um we'll maybe take a general uh case study as well and give an example but so the like it's like the superintendent uh, or the board of the school area or the municipality right um, business manager
1: whoever starts the conversation with us is coming and saying hey we're curious about what would clean energy look like on our campus what's sustainability uh all about or just flat out we have energy infrastructure that we know we need to upgrade because we're throwing money away down the tube with our utility company and we need to find a better way of doing things. And most of our clients are actually the latter rather than the former. Uh, We love the clients who come to us and say, hey, look, we're trying to be uh, proactive in in addressing these needs, so let's build a long-term strategy. That's embraced fully Uh, but unfortunately the way that most of our clients work and the reason that we exist is to serve people that are underserved. And that's why we work for schools and municipalities is that unfortunately they don't have full-time energy engineering staff and realistically it, it may not be a great investment for a community anyway, because if you do energy infrastructure properly, you do it in large systems and, projects that last for a decade or longer. So it it makes sense. Uh, So what we do is we come in and serve those clients specifically to help them work with the average budget, which is about a nickel, uh, is what they have towards energy infrastructure, but their (laughs) needs are in the millions. And so what we do is we help them find the resources. And I, I think that that's probably the first place that we got started. Was helping people find the resources and realize that the average school district and municipality actually has legislation that enables them to get energy infrastructure upgrade funding at extraordinarily low cost through energy loan programs through incentive programs through rebates and so that foundationally is where we start and and this is probably what's closest to my heart is that we enable people to see the abundance that they already have in their systems. They've just not had the time or the experience uh, of going through it every day like we do. And so we get an opportunity to share that as the advisor that comes in and helps them build all of that. Uh, And I think that's probably the most refreshing part for our clients is that they realize, oh my gosh, we had no idea there were millions of dollars out there to help us address this if we did it appropriately. And so that's really yeah. fun. And you see a lot of superintendents relax, relax. In their seat and, <laughs> and calm down because we're talking about things that they want to do. Yeah. They Everyone wants to go sustainable and everyone yeah. wants to, to stop throwing money down the toilet on their utility bills. But they also understand that infrastructure is not cheap. And so when we can come through and help them find that money, which is 75% of our initial goal, uh, is to help them find that yes. strategically and pay for ourselves and pay for the project, Yes, then people really start to embrace all the different changes that are out there. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, and I think this is where we started, so this is, a, we, we found our way back. It's all about being able to be there for enhancing people, enhancing the planet, but ultimately, especially in today's society, you also have to address profit. Yep. And so there has to be a way to pay for this. There has to be a way to conservatively show that this is working Yes. Uh, from a financial standpoint. And yes. so yes. that is what we call sustainability. And so that is the really the founding principle of all the changes that we make uh, for the people that we're, we're helping. And I think the fun part for your your listeners is that uh, we're not doing this simply just because we believe in the mission. We do wholeheartedly. But it also, at the end of every project, leaves people in a better place than we found them uh, financially in their learning environment and the planet in a better place. And you know that's what makes it easy to be uh, part of this company every day when you wake up. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, that plays um, also deeply into our uh, PPP, People, Planet, Profit, that triple bottom line life um, that we'll be addressing also in um, in more detail. Um, so one of the big things, like you described, is that the schools and municipalities that want to come on board, they're excited about this especially about finding the money to be able to make the transition this is the core thing right and so there's a lot of tax incentives that are available to help schools and municipalities make the transition.
1: there are tons of incentives um, so for example our headquarters is in Columbus Ohio and in the state of Ohio I think the list right now is 38 different incentives that we're able to tap into. Uh, to help a, a holistic school. And Ohio is has headquarters of many, many, many utility companies. We're probably one of the worst places in the United States for clean energy. And we still have 38 different incentive programs uh, for clean energy and sustainability. Come to LA, and it, it's literally over 100. I mean, they're there's so many different ways to be able to help people. And so we kind of guide and, and navigate through those processes to help people
0: uh, find those. And if we can just do a, a brief um, ballpark, so a school or municipality that let's say is doing a one to ten million dollar um overhaul on clean energy is that about yeah that's about standard okay one to ten million yeah okay depending on size uh, it's kind of spans that spectrum right okay and then um <clears throat> so then there's a so there's like there's the analysis of the existing Uh, energy infrastructure so there's sort of um like so there's the clean energy advisors like you guys and then there's um that do this like um think of
1: us as as the energy engineers yes that work on behalf of the school yes we're the energy fiduciaries right we come in and it's as though the school is our grandmother right we're gonna do the best that we possibly could for our family. Yes. And that's really the responsibility of a fiduciary. You come in Beautiful. as the advisor and you build this from the inside out. Yes, We're not product guys. We don't sell a product. I'm not yes. there to sell somebody solar. I'm not there to sell somebody LED light bulbs. Um, yep. We know those industries really, really well. But our goal is to help someone legitimately design for their facilities because it's a whole lot different uh, a, a facility in southern Texas than northern Texas. It's yeah. totally different between northern Texas and Michigan. Yes. And so we're going to help people find not and not only navigate those difference in incentives, but also just how are their systems going to operate differently and, and build that infrastructure from the inside out to where all those systems work together. The funding is there. Yes. The mechanisms are there and then the little bow that we put on it is that since we're doing all the engineering since we're doing all the calculations and we're specking and building everything it was really important for us for our our customers to be able to trust us and i think most of our customers are going to trust us initially because they can just genuinely tell how much we care about what it is that we're doing but Most importantly, they don't need to trust us because we've worked and built a guaranteed savings insurance policy to back every single bit of this work. Mm. And so when we do work, the school district or municipality or any of our clients that we're working with are taking zero risk and having 100% opportunity of of the upside.
0: And this so must be the G, the guaranteed the, in the clean energy. That's the guaranteed
1: in the clean energy. And I worked very hard to be able to actually say, this. say yeah. that because yeah. early in my career uh, as a communicator working for businesses, never were you allowed to say guaranteed, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, I fought back against that and rebelled and said, no, I want our systems in the future and the company that, that I'm the CEO of to be able to build trust and guarantee things. Yeah and be able to unequivocally have no liability and guarantee that anything that i touch is going to be better than i found it yes and i think that that's a a real mission of sustainability too and and that's inherent within the system of what we're practicing and preaching uh internally and externally and i think that 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 sustainable mission is is a a fun one and and that's what really gets into the abundant nature of our of our role and uh and why i
0: get to smile every once in a while at work yes and i love how you talk about it as serving a family member which is a perfect way to view it the more that we view our uh, interactions with humans on the planet as perpetually dealing with our family right um the more tight-knit we can make our species i
1: grew up in a town of 900 people And so Westfield Center is not just my hometown, it is my family. I was raised by a community. And so uh, I felt the benefits of that. Uh, If my parents didn't catch me and uh, align me, then the neighbors did. And if they didn't, then their friends did. And so I had a lot of people rooting for me, but also helping me keep the path. Uh, And then when you win, you also get to celebrate as a community. And so we want to be able to provide those same opportunities and, and build that sense of community through energy projects because communities are clamoring for them now and they should be. Um, and I think a lot of communities are clamoring for them now because they're starting to realize the abundant nature of them and that it really just comes down to, do you have a plan or don't you have a plan? And those with a plan are reaping the rewards, right now
0: yeah that's great there's a there's a lot of excitement around both um, individuals having future authoring around their own life and actualization right as well as cities municipalities schools collectives right having these plans around their actualization and the fullest potential so let's revisit this uh, example in as much detail as you feel is um appropriate so so we were, we were giving an example of a s- s- potential school or municipality in, in Texas or Michigan. Right? This is Of course, this is the simple difference in especially temperature, right, is the right. big thing. Like, <laughs> obviously, in the northern part of the U.S., you're going to have to heat the school or municipality Precisely. a lot. Um, because it's going to be cold, really cold um but in um in the south you're gonna have to cool uh because it's gonna be really hot right and so so now you see there's these unique um differences across the u.s but then let's play on the idea because regardless in uh, michigan or texas regardless there's gonna be a uh one to 10 million dollar cost in upgrading to the clean energy okay certainly there'll be infrastructure infrastructure costs costs. to make the upgrades so now let's say out of um, in this process of being like family and helping them in the journey um, we kind of went through the process of there are this there's this old there are these old infrastructures and there's like the analysis of the old infrastructures there's the analysis of how much they're paying per month or per year for the old infrastructures right. There's the analysis of which new technologies replace the old ones. There's the analysis of which contractors come in to do the replacing. Um, There's the analysis of how to get the funding um, from the tax incentives and whatnot that are different per state, but also similar at the federal
1: level. And And the bid processes that we go through, everything is different from state to state. But realistically, what you're describing is that there is a a large strategy that needs to be worked out and not only is it strategy but it's also operational and and you have to go from start to finish Um, and i I think one of the things that really kind of launched our firm on a national scale uh, and one of the reasons that we recently are are coming out as the top clean tech uh, company according to startup magazine uh, is because we've been able to streamline the process of what used to take cities and municipalities three to four years to put together these strategies. We can execute that entire operational process, get them funding, install and build the whole thing and get it launched within a six
0: month timeframe. Okay, so within even six months, you, you, wow, that's crazy. So within six months and all the new infrastructures will be in place? The that's when you're going to start the install. Okay, that's when so, you start yeah, the install. Yeah, okay, so there's like so six that's mo- a cherry picked yeah, time frame, yeah. right? So, so, six more months for install on top of that ish, depending on the size of the community within a year is already really epic that you can go from start to almost end of process within including all the energy upgrades within a year. That's with the scope
1: like- w- at, at which we're working, three yeah. to four years would be reasonable. Most people, if they're being honest to accomplish 15 plus energy measures, as well as the depth of, of engineering and studies and implementation, maybe six years. So uh, in, a, in a playful way, we, we may even be able to take it from six years to six months. Yeah, And that's that's gigantic. But uh, I, I think the other really breakthrough thing that uh, kind of set us apart and, and that also helps that process speed up is that people are having to wonder, will this pay for itself? When will it pay back? Taking the liability off the table for the district, I think is a big part of why people are willing to move forward with this. It's guaranteed. And our guarantee is backed by the two most conservative financial institutions in the country, insurance companies and banks. And so those are the guys that are ultimately underwriting these processes because we've been able to prove time and time and time again, that these are great investments for communities. And so they're willing to take the risk, so that the community doesn't have to. And so that completely takes it off the table. Uh, and so when it comes to the risk side, it, it's completely taken off the table, but then when it comes to the internal victory side, uh, and, and I think this is one of the reasons why I'm really excited to be on your show and, and communicate this is, for the last decade in clean energy, people have been asking me, Andy, when is clean energy? When should I do it? When should I put solar under our school? When should we do this? When, when can we start putting this on my manufacturing facility? And I think that big breakthrough moment that we've achieved as a society is that clean energy is now cheaper than the grid. And that is something that feels so good for me to be able to share from my heart because we've been waiting for this moment. It's literally cheaper to power a school district with clean energy than it is to uh, do it with fossil fuels. And, and that is just uh, what a feeling to be able to do that. And, and I think as a whole, our economy will get there. I think as a whole, other firms will be able to communicate that and the rising tide will float all the ships. But right now, we're one of the very few companies that can literally say that with a straight face to their clients because of the holistic nature that we put together the projects. And because we're not selling them solar panels, and because we don't have giant overhead and we don't have giant contractor fees, uh, you know, the average person who does what we do uh, in one section, just project managing and and being a general contractor charges 30% and we charge 10 to 13% and do five or six other things, including bringing the money. And so we've been able to use a lot of the efficiencies of, uh, just running a business better and more efficient and more streamlined and more scalable, uh, in ways that have also been able to drastically reduce those costs for our clients. That's great. So it's a very fun point to be able to say to somebody clean energy is cheaper than the grid. And I guarantee it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what a, yes. what a tremendous thing. And, and obviously we stand on the shoulders of giants when we say that yes. you know, guys like Tesla, uh, guys like, uh, Victor, Sh- uh, Schauberger, yeah. uh, and, um, uh, Let's, I mean, Edison and, and all the guys that were building everything and Walter Russell, Russell yeah. uh, guys that I, I've studied deeply, deeply to, to help understand the principles of abundance and sustainability and clean energy. So we're here as a society now. And so now we get to uh, join the party.
0: Yeah. I love the, the, humility of constantly, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. I love that. I love how agile the startup mentality is with you guys in being able to navigate this and make everything efficient. I love how there's this uh, big announcement in a sense that clean energy. So the synthesis of wind and solar, biofuels, hydro, all of that is cheaper than the fossil fuel that we've been using from the grid for the last decades. It's so, unbelievable. So it's now like 2021 is like tipping point and it's guaranteed, which is another fascinating component. So you can use insurance companies and banks with because you have pro- have a proven track record now right? where they basically say that, okay, school slash municipality, by making this transition to clean energy infrastructures within five or 10 years... Um, you will have completely paid off what you paid to make the clean energy upgrade and you will be earning.
1: We can structure in a lot of different ways for a lot of different school districts or munis. They're getting those benefits day one. Uh, So they don't even have to wait to make uh, the return on investment because we're accessing
0: incentives that aren't coming from their pocket. Oh yeah. That's interesting. That's right. So you can access the millions of dollars that are available in incentives right. to pay for it, to make it so that it's not structured anywhere near like a home mortgage is. So yeah, a home mortgage, people are very aware of that you're taking a 30-year period to pay back twice the amount of the of the cost of the property that you purchased. Right. But for this energy upgrade, it's like you can take all these incentives and pay for 50% of it up front or something right. like well, that.
1: The mortgage is a reasonable analogy, except let's let's take it to what it actually is. Imagine if you could get a mortgage and reduce your payment for living by 30%. <laughs> and that's the epic yeah. thing that, that happens when you're combining okay, cool, cool. energy efficiency and dropping your utility bills by 30%. Uh, now you're getting long-term ownership where before you were renting or simply
0: throwing your money down the utilities coffers. Interesting, and then you pay the extra, so all of the, the 30% that you're saving in energy savings, you're then basically paying off the uh, clean energy switch. Right, um, and yeah. then some. And then some.
1: But you know, imagine you're, cool. you are that school district and, and you receive $10 million in upgrades. You receive $10 million in upgrades today. And so you walk into your bu- your buildings, uh, in the fall and your kids go, Oh my gosh, yeah. we have a brand new school. How did we pay for all this? And you go, Oh, well, all we did was we just took the money that we were throwing down the toilet at the utility company. And we worked with an advisor to leverage that and turn it into an asset. And that's simply all that we're doing is we're just teaching people how to treat energy like an asset that works for you rather than against you. And that's one of the main principles that we've been able to build on, uh, and really where the future of our company is going, because we started doing this with municipalities and school districts with the intent of being able to have clean energy and abundance and sustainability embraced by communities but ultimately we wanted to have that same type of, uh, excitement and accessibility, be able to get there to the individual. And we thought that what we were going to have to do was drive down the cost of these renewables by doing so many on a large scale for, uh, large entities like school districts and municipalities that we could drive the cost down to be able to do it at your house and make it affordable there. And what we found is actually while we were building this, there were a hum- whole bunch of really smart people across the world building blockchain technologies. Perfect. And where we've been able to combine uh, where we thought we were headed and take a giant leap is that now uh, we're launching a new way of doing this because there's probably a few of your listeners who, when I said uh, we were leveraging banks and insurance companies, as excited as they probably were, the, that the giant institutions were now backing sustainability. There's probably a little bit of them that also said, well, but it would be even better if it wasn't. <laughs> if you could leapfrog even that. <laughs> if you could leapfrog even that and have decentralized yes. ownership and fractional ownership of these renewables uh, to the individual level. Yes, And so that's another big part of what we're launching Yes. Um, uh, and we've got to sign up on, uh, win, win, dot earth. So this is our, uh, shameless plug. Uh, but what we've done is we've found a way to decentralize that ownership of these renewables and from day one, get the individual person involved in owning these renewables and taking the tax incentives for investing in renewables, uh, that, we're doing on these entities that are non taxable. So when we build a renewables plant at a school district, the school district can't actually take the tax incentives. And so what we want to be able to do now and what we are doing is opening up that ownership to the individual level to where someone can take the dollars that they're already spending. And it's very unique the way that we're doing this, it's leveraging In the same way that a school district is uh, spending too much on their utility bills, and so when you put in a new system that drops it by 30%, you're just taking and leveraging that money that used to go over here down the toilet and turning it into an asset. We're doing the same exact principle for the individual people. The money that the average person makes, and this was really important for us, which was how do we take the tax incentive game that Wall Street plays and bring it to Main Street? Yep. And so what we did was we we modeled this and said, okay, blockchain exists. What if we used a blockchain as a way to track on a trusted ledger transparently the ownership of these renewables, prove that that fractional ownership of that solar array on your local school district is bought and paid for by the by this person. And so that person then can yield the tax incentives that come from that And so the way that this works from a a simple standpoint, and I'm probably making it sound way too complicated, but I'm getting to a point here where the average American makes $64,000 a year. Their federal income tax is $10,000 on that in 2020. The average American has to take that $10,000 and give that to the government. They don't get any say in how that money's spent or done. That's uh, one of the things that you do is you pay your taxes, and that's why we have all these talks about you know the rich are getting are paying no taxes, but Main Street is paying all the taxes, and it's true. And we wanted to fix that, but we wanted to fix it not by screaming and yelling, but by doing something about it. And the screaming and yelling helped, but now we have a real plan for it. And so what we can do is. You can literally turn in a form. It's called a W-4, and it's your tax withholdings. And so, if you're a person making $64,000 a year, you're paid $10,000 in tax benefits. It, The easiest way to get tax incentives is to check a box and say you have a child. So, if you have a child under 17, it's $2,000 per kid. Okay. I only have one kid. He's amazing. Uh, shout out to my son and wife, who are my light and love. Uh, but Now you've got $2,000 deducted. Now there's $8,000 left. What we've done is simplified this so easy to where you can take that $8,000. And instead of flushing that essentially down the toilet from an asset standpoint for you personally, you can take that same $8,000 and invest that into a renewables plant for a community, for a school, for a municipality near you or across the world. It doesn't matter. Um, and for every dollar that you put in, you get a dollar and 10 cents back year one in tax incentives. So if you put in $8,000, you're going to get $8,800 back in tax incentives. So literally the same money that would come into your paycheck is the exactly the same amount of money that would still come into your paycheck. The difference is that the money that you donated to the federal government, you now get to donate to a building, a a renewables plant at your school and you win too because you get an additional 10% back. And the real kicker is that now you fractionally own a percentage of that renewables power plant. So every time that the sun comes out on that solar array, it's generating you income. And this is the secret that the wealthy are using is they're using tax incentives to create long-term assets and we're doing the same thing now for Main Street where that person can every single year create this long-term income stream. And by the way, these are 20-year assets. So you're buying into a 20-year solar array or a 20-year wind array uh, or wind farm that is going to pay you out every month a little bit of money. And to me, that is just the coolest thing that is possible and we're thankful to the blockchain for being able to build a use case around that uh, and be able to use that because uh, it's just perfect timing for us to be able to skip all the middlemen and go straight to being able to have people that care about this be able to take the funds that they're already spending and that's, that's pivotal to me too you don't ha- have to come out of your pocket any new money It's all existing, what you're already doing. You just now have the ability to redirect those funds to something that you're passionate about, something that you care about. And in the true sustainability, people, planet, profit way, it's a win, win, win for everybody too. It's a win for that school district. It's a win for you. And ultimately it's also good for the United States government too. There's a reason those tax incentives exist. We need a better grid. We're pouring hundreds of millions and and trillions of dollars possibly into the grid because it it needs it. This is the best way to make that investment. And you can do it on an individual level, which is just uh, extremely amazing now.
0: Yes. Wow. Ah. Uh, uh, Yes. Okay. Okay, okay. Do you want to move the car? Or should we finish the? Sh- we can wrap the show. We're pretty much that was beautiful. That was so beautiful. Yeah, we we just have to make a um the movement of one of the vehicles outside. Um, <laughs> given given there is construction happening on the property. Welcome a, to L.A. Well, welcome <laughs> to yeah. Say, thanks for entering our world for a moment, uh, their viewers. So that was really eloquently described. So. That was uh. Let's let's give some action items though, as as we wrap. Um, yeah. Unless you feel like you want to um move and then come, you want to move the whip uh and come well, back. Well, no, you, I, I think this pretty is a good. It feels this pretty is a good great way it. to. I think so too. Cool to, to, to cap this. I think so too, um, because it's like being able to take, um, like you said, what already has been happening on the uh Wall Street, um. Uh, tax incentives. Right. Um, and then bringing that to main street, bringing that into the hearts of our families and enabling them to create, uh, long term, um, uh, wealth generation with fractional ownership of clean energy infrastructures that benefits the school and municipalities in their local areas. And they're using the tax dollars that they're already spending anyway. They're getting sovereignty over where they can allocate their um, tax dollars, which is something that people have been talking about for decades is how do I direct the money that I'm giving the government into the places that I want to see it spent. Um, And that's really what also puts sovereignty into the people, which is what initially the founding fathers were trying to do um and so now there's been a huge disconnect with the massive increase in population of the uh united states right. which then has created this uh, uh well and people and communities are different and with so, the amount of com- people in congress that are now representing such Uh, a bear a small increase in people in congress and a massive increase in the population of the country is what created that massive imbalance and so now yeah gaining sovereignty gaining long-term wealth generation yeah it's great do you want to yeah
1: decentralized nature right we're we're having the discussion i think as a society across the world right now about the power of decentralizing uh, these different places and letting local economies and letting local people be able to make decisions for themselves. And it's a huge opportunity to go back and change these things. And so fractional ownership of renewables is a big play, um, but being able to have communities. I mean, when we finish a project, that community, that school district has power on site. So a hurricane comes, you know, a giant storm, it doesn't matter what it is, the power grid can get knocked out and that school is a community center it has power. If a community needs to get together, you've got your own way of, of producing power. And so we're going to just continue to build on those things because on top of that, once you can produce power, now it opens up to one of our other projects, which is opening up vertical farming on site at school districts and municipalities so that you can have uh, local healthy food. And now you can start to build in uh, different ways to get the youth uh, as they go through the process not only learning about sustainability but also ingrained in workforce development and learning how to uh, build a sustainable economy right there because it exists there it's not magically learn a bunch of stuff in this textbook and then go off into the world it's all happening right there on the campus and everybody sees it and experiences it for the 12 years that they're in high school um, yep. or, or that they're in, in their education system, in their community. And I, I think that that will make profound impacts over a long-term yes. uh, time frame.
0: Yeah, one of the big things, um, as you were uh, sharing, I was pulling up all these great images and I was thinking about the young people that were walking in, like myself back uh, you know, 10 plus years ago, walking in uh, into this clean energy, upgraded school or municipality and just feeling my heart uh, feel so much more cared for um, and being able to actualize my fullest potential. And so that's the type of emotion that we hope to move people with. And also the the fractional ownership one. Andy's got a lot of other big plans for, you know, energy infrastructure upgrades are like you were saying, they're the first big module, the right. fundamental module. And then there's all of the additional modules that come immediately after that. They do. Yeah. yeah
1: and and that support is is so huge though so the- you, need, you need us to move the car
0: right yeah, yeah. yeah cool all right cool we're 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 about to um I'm closing the show right now like two minutes is it cool okay um so yeah so that's beautiful and there's by the way so the the links uh in the bio uh are for guaranteed clean energy so if you guys have a um Uh, Any school, municipality connections that you feel like are excited or interested about getting on board, um, go to guaranteedcleanenergy.com. That link's in the bio below. Also, the link to winwinwin.earth is in the bio below. So get signed up for the fractional ownership um, and also um, get other people excited about this. This is the decentralized movement. This is the future. Right. Um, And you can also access the link to um, Andy's uh, LinkedIn profile. You can go and connect with him there, and then send him message there as well. So those are the ways to connect. Um, beautiful show, my brother. Thank you. Great to be here. This was awesome. Really it was appreciate such it. such a pleasure. Yeah, I'm and
1: just- really appreciate the viewer support. You know, we're we're building that wait list on winwinwin.earth. Win Earth, and that once that hits a critical maximum, we can literally go and deploy hundreds of millions of projects that exist out there. And uh, we want those to go to the people rather than to centralized networks. So yeah, uh,
0: we're pretty passionate about it and we're excited to see it happen. You're my definitely my big brother in this space. <laughs> I love you so much. Good stuff. Thank you. This is beautiful. This we're- is so beautiful. Get on board, everyone. Get on board. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. And hit those links in the bio below. Check it out. Get involved and also subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Also, leave us a comment below with your thoughts on the episode. would love to hear from you. Like the video. Share the video with other people that you feel like this would make a profound impact on. Infinite love. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Peace.
1: Goodbye, everyone.